This is the Influence Leadership Podcast, Episode 13. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Influence Leadership Podcast with Chris Fuller, where our heart is to develop leaders like you and help you increase your individual influence and your leadership skill set. I'm Brett Duncan, and I am joined today by Chris Fuller, as always. Hello, Chris. Hey, Brett. How are you, sir? Did great. It's a Friday afternoon here in Dallas. You know, the office is kind of buzzing with everybody ready for the weekends. A great way to just kind of wrap up the day and talk about leadership. Yeah, why not? Why not? Those guys know how to party or what? (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Oh, we've been working through Iditarod leadership, but there's we're we're taking a, a. a different route today. It's certainly related, uh, and you just you just exposed me to this idea, and I like it. So yeah, I'm eager to jump into this. It's another acronym. You're good at those. It is. I try to make them catchy. Yeah. So this one is good. We're going to break it down. But the but the word the acronym is barks. Yeah. It's it's bark or barks. Either way, we need the S on the end of it, and you'll see that in a minute. But uh, uh, but the concept came about from. I did a rod and from the dogs and grabbing somebody's attention and and so it's kind of an interesting thing you know I expect back in you know before the I did a rod experience I really expected dogs to bark and bark all the time and bark for no reason and so we talked a little bit about that in the and uh, in, in, in how you run your kennel and do you expect dogs to bark or do you expect them to be stoic and right. all that but essentially I thought you know if you want to get your leader's attention, almost like the, uh, remember the old Lassie episodes mm-hmm. where Lassie, would, there'd be a problem, Lassie would come and bark, and it's like, what is it? You know, yeah. so all of a sudden, somehow, some human learned how to speak Lassie. Yes. And uh, so, the uh, as we get into the bark part, I thought, you know, we need people to bark, and not bark at me, but that influence mechanism to be that person that through your bark, if you will, you influence somebody else's behavior. Mm-hmm. And so the concept is uh, is to bark. And so I thought it would just be a fun topic to throw out as we're talking about here. How, how do you increase your personal influence? How do you increase your, your ability to influence the organization up, down, sideways? Maybe I'm trying to bark at my boss or influence my boss or uh, you know, trying to drive change or get change throughout the organization. Mm-hmm. And I think that the BARK acronym is one of those key pieces for personal growth, personal influence for the sake of leadership effectiveness, um, again, up, down, sideways. Yeah, well, it's interesting because this came up as we were talking about the, the topic of change management and yeah. all that that implies, right? And it really is change management and influence. I mean, you're typically <laughs> trying to influence some sort of change, right? If you can't influence, change is not happening. It's not being managed yeah, at all, right? Not yeah, at all. Yeah, you're not managing to do it. Um, so, well, let's break this down. So the B in BARKS, what's yeah. that stand for? Well, so the, the BARKS acronym is this, it's B, um, B consistent, um, A, attitude, R, it's gotta be real, mm-hmm. K is knowledge, know your stuff, mm-hmm. and then S is, the final S is, we've gotta be able to serve first. Yeah. And so, from the, from the BARC standpoint, you know, the one thing that you, you can do, if you want to have um, influence is you've got to be predictable. Mm-hmm. And if you're not consistent, if you are Jekyll and Hyde, right, if you're up and down, manic depressive, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. if you are not personally and professionally consistent, then people will not be real clear about what they're getting with you. So if you're a leader that is inconsistent, you end up with flavor of the day ideology or 
you're you know the best person in the world one day and you're you know the the you know Dr. Jekyll Mr. Hyde type thing then then essentially what you're losing is that predictability factor you're losing buy-in hemorrhaging buy-in because essentially what you've done is people don't know what they're going to get with you and if you don't find a way to be consistent um, then you, you're, you're going to lose that ability to influence change. Or think about it like this. If my people don't know what they're going to get from me, my people are going to be um, skittish or they're going to be uh, you know, just in turmoil all the time. So I need to be consistent as a leader so my team has trust. Consistency yields trust. For instance, if you go to a fast food place, why would you choose the fast food place or the restaurant of your choice? Mm-hmm predictability of quality and service. Mm-hmm. And so a franchise model works because anytime you see whatever that franchise is flying high above the, above the interstate, you know that I can pull in there and get a consistent meal with some consistent experience and expectation. Yeah. And I say all the time, frustration is a function of expectation. Mm-hmm. So as long as we can be consistent and have that experience where people know what they're gonna get, then we can have that influence. And so as a leader, you know that I've done my homework. As a leader, you know how I'm gonna interface and interact. You know the questions I'm gonna ask. That consistency can yield impact throughout the organization. But if I wanna lead my boss, I've gotta be consistent in my work performance. If I'm a hero one day and a zero the next, then they would never know whether they can efficiently, effectively delegate something to me. So I really have to have consistency. And consistency comes into the consistency of, of my emotional state and my performance uh, state. Well, I like to, you know, to, having an acronym obviously makes it handy to remember something when you need to remember it. And obviously there's going to be times that we know, hey, I need to go influence this, this situation. But you start off with being consistent on if you can be these things all the time, yeah. then when you want to actually you know, cause change, cause influence to, to occur, then you've made the deposits, right? Yeah, I mean, think about it. The, the, the best time to um, ask for a raise is not when you've been horrible the last six months. You want to make sure that you're on time, you're doing your work, you're a model employee before you go in and go, hey, I think you need to give me more money. Mm-hmm. And so um, th- that's a key piece in that consistency. Yeah. You know, are we worth it? Are we bankable? Essentially, you are being what you want to be paid for before you ever get paid for it. Yeah, that's really good. So be consistent. That's the B of Barks. And then we move into A, which is attitude, as you said. Yeah, the, the one thing that I need everybody to be consistent in, and, and myself included, is model the right attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are that negative Nelly, that downer Don, now there's a, there's a balance in being an analytic and questioning and thinking and doing all that where sometimes that can be seen as negative. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't champion it. You're not this little you know, tigger bouncing all over the place, buying mm-hmm. into everything and, and saying life is great and all oh, this is going to go swell. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about being that, having the right attitude, modeling that positivity um, and, and having the can-do. Now, the can-do can still be questioning and making sure our duck's in a row and all of mm-hmm. that, but the worst thing in the world that will struggle with anybody hemorrhaging influence in the organization, personally, professionally as well, is just being that bad attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much that you can't change about your life and your world, but the one thing you can control is your attitude. When all else is lost, 
the thing that is still in your control is in your response to all that has been lost. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's interesting too, we've all probably had leaders where we see how they respond to certain situations and then it's a, we've seen leaders that respond poorly, we've seen them that respond great, and, you know, and I've, I've had people in my life where I'm like, how do you keep your cool in this situation? <laughs> yeah. Or how are you keeping a level head? Or how did you not just completely backhand that person, you know? Right. But as them as my leader are, just by that attitude, they are inspiring me not only to mimic that, but also just I'm proud to be part of this team. Well, that's a big that's a big piece. You know, we talk about leaders modeling the right behaviors. The first thing first thing a, need, a leader needs to model is number one, be consistent. Number two, model the right attitude. Um, your people will replicate what you do on a consistent basis. Now, here's another way to say that. Think about this one. How others experience you on a consistent basis is your brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do I have a positive brand or a negative brand? Right. Do I have somebody that they know? You ever been around somebody and you saw them walking down the hall and you immediately had negative emotions and you're thinking, oh, man, here comes so-and-so. Mm -hmm. And so that's not the experience. That's not the brand I want uh, is for somebody to try to duck into the cubicle just to try to get away from a conversation I want to have. I want them and my personal brand to be associated with a couple of things, consistent high performance and a great attitude. Mm -hmm. And if you model that great attitude and say, you know what, um, I don't have it all figured out, but I know and I believe in this team and I believe in our, and we get into that, that's a whole lot better than saying it will never happen, there's no way, no, I mean, so bring that into, uh, away from the negativity maybe even of the can we get this done yeah. and into the positive aspect of the how can we get this done. Yeah, well it's funny too going into this, not knowing exactly how you were going to break down attitude, my initial thought was kind of that woo factor, right, winning others over because you're saying, oh I need to influence someone, Right. but that's not really it at all, unless that's naturally what you have, but it's not like you're saying, hey you need to turn on the woo attitude whether you have yeah, it no, or I'm not. I'm not talking about yeah. being Tony Robbins yeah. or talking about you know just being that persuasive, charismatic whatever leader. I think that you can model the right attitude and be consistent and even if you're um, introverted, you could, that consistency and that positive attitude is going to be, doesn't mean you're over the moon, doesn't mean you know, that you're outwardly, overly gregarious. You know, we, we need you to be consistent and we need you to model that great attitude in your authentic style, which again goes now to the next point, which is real. Right. You got, it's got to be real. Can't be put on, can't be fake. And uh, so when people doubt the sincerity and the authenticity and the depth of who you are, mm -hmm. then that trust factor, what are we talking about? All of these things that we're talking about is about building trust and trust is the currency of leadership. Trust is the foundation, the bedrock of all influencer leadership. If I don't trust you, then, then essentially I'm going to hesitate. I'm going to just you know pull back. There's something that's going on. How do I build? Do you have your leaders trust in you? Mm -hmm. Do you have your organizations trust in you? If a leader makes too much change too fast, the the, the people don't believe that the leader is intentional about it and, and it can be like essentially grabbing the front brake on a bicycle and and it's just we're gonna we're gonna harm the organization by doing that mm -hmm. so model the right consistency trustworthy over time have a great attitude but then make sure it's real mm -hmm. and and again that authenticity um, it's gotta just be from the heart from that 
and and if you model that, you're livid. It's right. not something I put on at work right. and, and then take off. It's not something I'm with one person one way and another person another way. Um, it's really just being the real deal. Whatever you say that you are, be that. Right. And be that consistently. I trust you. You are real. Your character's real. And, and that reality-based. Sometimes that means admitting where I'm not good at or admitting the, the difficulty in what we're doing on that and how we, how we operate. And so when I'm real, I'll at times say, you know what? I don't have that down. Mm-hmm. I'm not that, uh, you know, hey, I messed that up. Own that transparency. Own that vulnerability and go to the yeah. next piece. Well, what's funny, too, is... is the easiest way to be consistent on an ongoing basis is by being real. It's like it's almost, it's not a problem, right? It's almost automatic, <laughs> yeah. right? So that's good. The, other, the flip side of that, as I was thinking through it, is I, think I can recall people who have thought, uh, man, we just need to be, I'm just being real with you. Yeah. You know, and of course, a lot of times that's a, that's a, either just came after, you know, <laughs> oh, I just hit you hard with something. I'm yeah. just being real. I just it can be a crutch, down right? To the bone. And yeah. I'm, just saying, I'm just being real, man. Yeah. I'm just trying to, you know, be real. Well, that's not an excuse to be harmful. Right. Um, or to be hurtful, but, but that's a key piece. And, yeah. and, and one of the things I encourage leaders all the time is to admit your weaknesses, admit where you're not good. You know, we said, uh, again, I'll refresh everybody's memory, lead where you're strong, team where you're weak, yeah. or lead where you're strong and put a system where you're weak. Yeah. You need to be real, which means be human. You're going to have strengths and struggles, mm-hmm. uh, assets and weaknesses, liabilities. And so as you admit that, nobody's having an aha moment going, oh, I didn't know you weren't good at that. Mm-hmm. Everybody around you knows you struggle with this. Mm-hmm. So just be real, admit it, and put a game plan around that piece. Yeah, so this is great. So B is be consistent, A is attitude, R is real, and then K you said was knowledge. Yeah, know your stuff. <laughs> it's one thing to be real and admit your weakness. Um, it's another thing to go, yeah, I'm still not good at that, or just be deficient and be incompetent. We're not yeah. talking about incompetence. Yeah. Uh, be real. Yeah. Admit where you don't have it. But what you need to know, know that. One key area of influence is being a subject matter expert. Yeah. Do you know what you need to know and are you good at it? So that knowledge, that applied knowledge, is a key mechanism of influence. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and so, uh, you know, it kind of reminds me of uh, Apollo 13 where they're around there and there's a problem up in, up in space. And one guy walks in that's kind of a very, you know, intense engineer. And all of a sudden he goes, wait a minute, this really isn't the problem. This is the problem. We need to pull the ohms down or the battery's going to run down and we're dead in the water. On And so the leader goes, wait a minute, have you done the data on that? Look, I've done all the analysis. And the trust in the knowledge and the analysis then quieted every other person in that NASA room mm-hmm. and they listened to the person with the subject matter expertise. Mm-hmm. This area of knowledge can be a tremendous impact of influence. Mm-hmm. And if you want to impact, impact and lead your boss, you want to lead your, your uh, upline, if you will, mm-hmm. if you're that subject matter expert that knows their stuff, you can be essentially the mouse that roars uh, in that organization. Mm -hmm. So what do you need to know? Dial in on it. Know that stuff. And and you can take your influence to the next level. You may not be Tony Robbins, but if you're very sharp and very um, right on what you need to know and you become that student of whatever that it is, 
you can have the influence. You'll have people's ear as that subject matter expert. Well, and I think too, so there's probably some people listening right now that certainly agree with that, but they also don't believe they are a subject matter expert. And what we have to remind ourselves a lot of times is you just have to be a little bit smarter than everyone else in the room on that topic, right? <laughs> That's Sir? nice. Great, great way, Brett, to lower the bar. Yeah, no problem. So don't, don't reach far, people. But there is, I mean, certainly that you want to be an expert if you can. We all want yeah. to strive for excellence. But sometimes also it's, it, there's confidence there on, uh, what is it, the imposter uh, factor right, or whatever. Right, right, right. So you feel like, you I might be an expert. But really, you are right, you know, and so it's just building confidence in people, and you you can you have this knowledge. How about this one? Just sharing the knowledge you have instead of hoarding the knowledge to try to to gain positional power because you know they can't fire me. I'm the only one that knows this. Yeah. Why not share that knowledge? Why not use that shared experience, shared knowledge to? And that doesn't mean again that you are the world. Mm-hmm. expert in this particular thing that just means you've studied it more than the people next to you right yeah. on yeah, yeah great point um and then we wrap it up with s and i think it i think it's imp- as i was going through this this is such a crucial one the s stands for serve first yeah um the first thing that we need to realize is uh, that we need to be those second mile leaders second mile contributors mm-hmm. And it's one thing to do what's required of you. It's another thing to do and then some. Yeah. Are we that and then some person? Are we looking to serve first and then have the, the, the consequences, have the ripple effect boomerang to our, um, uh, to our uh, reward later? Serve first, reward second. Mm-hmm. And so really that, that first piece is, and I encourage you, if you're a young person, you know, a young leader, if you're a young leader, jump in and volunteer for as many things as you can take on appropriately. Yeah. Uh, don't overcommit. Right. But jump in and be one of the first. You know, your, your boss needs something done in the evenings, volunteer to move jet desks or, or clean tables or do whatever you can do to be that person that serves first. Now, I love the, the little um, the little pecking order of serving. The first person that serves is a hero. The second the person that serves is a, yeah, you bet, more the merrier. The third person is like, okay, yeah, you can come too. <laughs> yeah. So you almost get into that, you know, gold medal, silver medal, also ran in the race. Right. Where, and so being that first to serve gets mm-hmm. you influence. Now again, we're not talking about manipulation. You don't serve so you can manipulate. Oh, I was in on that. Don't do that. Be authentic. You got to be real. Go Mm -hmm. back to the real. Mm -hmm. But be the first to serve. Mm -hmm. Model a great attitude. Be that person that 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 contributes value. Be a value-added player. Mm -hmm. And and how do I serve my people? Um, When it comes to change management, I serve my people by giving them the answer um, before they ask it. I serve my people by asking their opinion before I tell them the new change. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the statements about change management, we'll get into this deeper in another lesson, is only 26% of leaders ever talk to the front line before demanding change. Hmm. Three out of four leaders don't care what our opinion is, they just tell us we're going to do it differently. Mm-hmm. And is it any wonder that only 7% of leaders have change buy-in? The vast majority were skeptical about it, but in change management, they say 81% of recipients of change will nod yes that they think it's a good idea. Yeah. But then they're going to go back and not implement it. Mm-hmm. And so the first thing that we need to do in serving our people is let them know change is coming. 
let them know why the change is there, give them the reason, ask for their input, make sure that they buy into the change first, then we roll out the change. But a leader that rolls out change without getting buy-in and has the influence and has the dialogue, not the monologue, mm. is up setting themselves up for failure. That is self-inflicted failure. Mm. Yeah. Well, this is really strong. And you know, all of us as leaders, this is what we're trying to do in some form or fashion, right, is influence. It's, yeah. it's really, we're trying to bark, you know, <laughs> and I like this. So what I would challenge, I'd challenge myself and challenge our listeners here on, this is something you can come back to every day. You know, how can I be more consistent? How can I have the right attitude? How can I be real and authentic? Um, how can I increase my knowledge or how can I share my knowledge? Right. Um, and of course, how can I serve first? And, and that can that to me, that implies so many different things. So it's uh, it's really powerful. So yeah. you know, definitely want to thank everyone for joining us on the on the episode today. Um, as always, we want you to go to influenceleadership.com. We'd like to hear from you. Uh, info at influenceleadership.com. Shoot us an email uh, if you have a, uh, ideas for podcast episodes that you'd like to see. That's great. Uh, obviously, we've got lots of resources, videos, uh, things like that. If you want to work with Chris, uh, we'd love to do that. And we'd love to talk to you about it. Um, and also rate us, rate us and review us on the podcast. That certainly helps us uh, kind of fan the flame here a bit and make sure that more people know about uh, about the podcast and what we're doing here. So we've talked about barks, Chris, but what's our, <laughs> our final word for today? Um, uh, rough. Uh, no. <laughs> Wolf. Yeah. No, the, 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 the final word is this. You can be... You may not have been born with leadership characteristics that would have otherwise been known. You may not be that extrovert. You may not be that commanding presence. But, you know, you can gain your influence through different mechanisms. Influence is something that can be groomed and grown. If leaders are born or made, what can be made is you can increase your influence and you can work through that influence mechanism that will grow how people respond to you and your ability to get your ideas bought in your organization. So I want to encourage you, wherever you're at, own the fact that you can increase your influence. And if you can't own all five, own at least one. Mm -hmm. Consistency, studying, modeling the right attitude. I mean, all of these things are within our grasp. And we can do more of them. We can do better. I believe in you guys to do that. Just wanted We wanted to throw out something today that was just maybe helping you increase your personal effectiveness. And ultimately, uh, that, that mechanism is going to serve you well. Awesome. Well, thanks, Chris. And thanks, everyone, for listening to the Influence Leadership Podcast. Thanks, guys.